1: Tonight, Let's just jump right into it because I've got a lot of notes and I want to get through all of them. Are you guys ready? Are you feeling good? It's like not hot in here for like the first time ever, which I'm very happy about. I'm loving this weather, you guys. So let's settle in. Let's get into it. The title of the message tonight is The Three Fear Factors You Must Face to Fulfill Your Assignment. And I want to talk tonight about our kingdom assignment. And I want you to hear this because... All of us have been given a kingdom assignment by God. And, you know, not just Marco, not just Mike and Katie, not just some of the people you see, you know, up here from time to time, but each and every one of us have been given a kingdom assignment by God. And I know that there are people in this room that you are standing on really the precipice of stepping in to some really big things and saying yes to some doors that are standing in front of you. You're about to step through and step across the threshold. And I wanna celebrate you tonight because there are so many people that are doing things that are behind the scenes, that are unspoken, that are uncelebrated. And sometimes you feel like nobody sees. I want you to know God is the God who sees. And also we see. We see that we are a part of a church of the most amazing people, literally in all of San Diego. And so I want you to feel just seen by God, encouraged by Him. Maybe you haven't gotten brought up to the front and everybody prayed for you. Maybe you've had to encourage yourself in the Lord in your own prayer closet at home, but I just feel like the Holy Spirit's gonna give you some wind in your sails tonight as we continue in the kingdom assignment that God has given us. So... Yesterday, I had to explain to my children what voting no on Proposition 1 meant. And I don't know if I had failed as a mom because I hadn't talked to them about this yet, but my nine-year-old especially, she did not even know what the word abortion meant. And so um, I was able, they saw signs all over, what does vote no on Prop 1 mean? Um, Which you all know is to protect the sanctity of life in the womb, which is something we will do forever and ever and ever. We will never stop talking about it. We will never stop voting. For the things that protect innocent life in the womb. The safest place for a child should be in their mother's womb. And so we were explaining I was explaining to my kids, you know, a nine-year-old level what that means um, to take the life of an innocent child. And first of all, my nine-year-old was very confused. She, you know, it had not even entered into her mind this realm of life. And, you know, I said, as Christians, we believe the Bible, and the Bible teaches us that, you know, life begins at conception. And then I had to correct myself, and I remembered this scripture, and it's Jeremiah 1.5, and it says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. And so I had to correct myself and say, actually, you guys, life begins even before conception. God gives us, our divine kingdom assignment and appointment before he even gives us to our parents. And so before we're ever even a thought in our earthly parents' mind, God has thought about us, he's chosen us, He set us apart, and he has marked us with an assignment and a specific appointment on this earth. And so my nine-year-old said, well, that's kind of like being God. And I said, very good, Harper, that's exactly right. And I... I just want you to know that um, your yes, and I'm going to read it. I'm going to read this part of my notes because I want you to write it down. I want you to remember this. Your yes to influence and to your assignment will not come uncontested without opposition or testing. Because I feel like our campus and many of us, myself and Marco included, we have been going through a season of testing. And there have been things that we've been walking through that have been testing our faith. And if we're not careful, we've been interpreting some of the testing as something's going wrong. But I want to encourage you tonight that the presence of these tests in your life, it's actually a good indicator that something is about to go very, very right. So I want you to hold that in your heart as we go through this message. Um, James 1-2 in the Amplified, it says, Blessed, happy, spiritually prosperous, favored by God, is the man who is steadfast under trial. Say, steadfast under trial. And perseveres when tempted. For when he has passed the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. I wanna go through a few very common tests. We're only gonna have time for three of them tonight, that you may or may not be finding yourself facing in this current season. And many of them have to do with fear. And I really believe that as all of us are called to step out, fulfill our kingdom assignment, which by the way, it's never a small thing. You might think it's insignificant. You might think it's behind the scenes and nobody notices, but the impact that we're called to have for the kingdom of God, the glory of God to be revealed in our life, it is it is massive it's generational it's unseen the ramifications of the things that we're doing for the Lord or just the yeses that we're giving him on a daily basis just coming to church just loving our family just serving our spouse just raising up our children and talking to them about the word of God this is having like eternal ramifications so it's no small thing But you are going to find yourself going through different types of testing. And I want you to know you're in good company tonight. And I guarantee the person on the right or the left is going to be amening. Try not to nudge, you know, your spouse and, you know, Tell them, this is you, babe. It's going to be all of us. And I want to ask us some questions. I feel like I tend to do this as I speak sometimes, but um, I want you to know it's coming from um, just some things that the Lord has been teaching me in an intense season of saying yes to the assignment of God, from going through some testing and just be encouraged. Tests are never meant to fail you. They're meant to pass you. And so we're going to pass the test in Jesus name. Okay. The first one tonight The fear of responsibility. I believe this is one of the ceilings that keeps us from fulfilling our God-given kingdom assignment. And some of these things you may not even know um, maybe are going on until we talk about it tonight and the Holy Spirit's going to be like, aha, you're gonna have that little light bulb moment of this could be what's going on. So some of the questions you might ask yourself if you are dealing with the fear of responsibility or being tested with the fear of responsibility are this is what you might think to yourself uh, when you go to bed at night, when you're about to step into something that's you know new or uncomfortable. Will I be able to handle it? Will I come up short? Do I have the know-how? And this is the kicker, am I good enough? So I don't know about you, but I really, maybe this is not everybody thing, but I really only like to do things that I'm good at. Am I the only one? Is there anybody else like that? People are like, try new things. And I'm like, only if I already know that I'm really good at it, which how can you already know that you're good at something unless you try it? But I want to like try it in private when no one's watching. And then I only want to do it with other people if I'm good at it, okay? I know this might be like a character flaw. But, um, you know, I am not, like if you invited me to go skiing, we're going to um, our Salt Lake City campus this weekend for the Pathfinder Conference, any Pathfinders in the house, P.S., If you are thinking, even the slightest thought about joining our Pathfinder Apprenticeship Program, about applying, applications are due by midnight tonight. So if you've been thinking about it and you're like, maybe I'll do it next time, this is your next time. You have till midnight tonight, come talk to us afterward. Any apprentices in the house tonight, give me a big wave. Okay, come find one of our apprentices and they'll get you signed up. But um, we're, we're headed to Utah. I'm like, what am I talking about? We're headed to Utah. And there's a snowstorm coming in. And every time I go someplace snowy, I feel like, oh my gosh. I get really anxious that they're going to ask me to go skiing because I am not good at skiing. And I want to, that's the other thing. I always want to pretend like, Oh, I'm go with the flow. Like I like everything. Like I'm always down. Like I'm not high maintenance. Like sure. So I'll say yes to anything. And then inwardly I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm dying. Why did I say this? And so, um, you know, If you invited me to go skiing, I guarantee you I would be sitting in the lodge, sipping hot chocolate, I would wear the outfit that looked like I knew how to ski, and I would take the picture in the outfit with the snow in the background, but I will not go skiing because I am not good at skiing, and I was thinking about it, um, my experience with skiing has, not, has been a little traumatic. So when I learned to ski, I was told, any skiers here, like snow skiers? Okay, okay, I see you. Pastor Stacy, I'm never going to Utah with you because you might take me skiing. Just kidding. We can go sit in the lodge. I'll sit in the lodge with you. But I was told that when you're going downhill and you want to stop, you point your skis inward like this, okay? Well, this was during, I don't know like a bunny slope or something. So then my stepdad takes me up on this big giant mountain. I fall off the chairlift, first of all, because no one explains how to do that. And then everyone is watching and the thing is moving and it's so embarrassing. And I'm pretty sure I'd already hurt myself at this point, but I'm like, I'm so excited to go skiing. It's gonna be amazing. And then literally at the bottom of the hill, I barely make it down and there's a ski class happening with like little children. And I'm like, okay, it's time to stop. And then I'm like not stopping. And all of a sudden the wall of snow has like built up in front of me so I can't even see where I'm going. And I'm like not slowing down at all. I think you're supposed to kind of like do that or something, right? But nobody taught me this. So I'm doing this and then my skis cross and I just tumble all my way through this little class of skiers and then down an embankment. I'm very injured, I'm very cold, I'm crying under my ski goggles and I'm like, I will never go skiing ever again. And then I realized, how old was I when that happened? You guys, I was 13. Okay, that was 23 years ago. And so my question for us tonight is, when did we think that our greatest ability to accomplish something is only as good as the first time we ever tried it, or the first time we ever failed our earliest failure does not determine whether we're good enough, whether we're able to do something. When did we start believing that competency can't be learned, that we can't learn to step into our assignment, that we can't learn something new, that we can't grow, that we can't expand, that we can't become, even if we're starting from nothing or starting at the bottom. And I wanna go back, you guys know some of this story, but um, I've watched my husband step into a kingdom assignment that we did not have on our radar. Wasn't something we dreamt about, wasn't on our vision card, wasn't something we were planning, but we felt the call of God come to us, and it was like that right place at the right time, that moment where we were face-to-face, and we really felt this is the Holy Spirit. We, we prayed about it. We talked to all the people in our life, and we knew there was a window of opportunity for us to say yes, and here's the thing, though. The only position— up for grabs in our district at the time was California State Assembly. So everyone's like, you're going to run state level, California State Assembly. It's going to be amazing. We're like, oh my gosh, this is so much bigger than we thought. We're going to do it. We've got the courage. Okay, we can do this. And then we're like, Google, what is California State Assembly? And then we realized we knew nothing about how politics worked in California. Maybe don't share this outside these doors, but at the time, this is a few years ago, we learned a little bit since then, we knew nothing. We didn't understand what um, the assembly meant. Like, is it like a senator or like, what is that, you know? And so we had to learn very quickly and it was a special election. So we had three months to get elected. We had three months to learn what the heck we were running for. Who do we talk to? How do we do it? How do we raise, was it $200,000 in three months time and win over the incumbent's daughter just in this short period of time. And so I watched my husband see this opportunity for feeling not good enough, feeling like he had no idea what he was doing. Thank God he wasn't like me, like I'm only gonna do things that I'm good at, but he learned. And I remember that period that God had brought us through and it was a time of testing where we had to become something that we were not. We had to lean on God and become something that we didn't feel like we were ready for or we were like adequate enough for this position we felt there were so many other people that could have done a better job and from the outside it was like oh yeah I could never do you know what what those people are doing and they're so awesome and brave and courageous and we were like oh my gosh just trying to have lunch with one person in, in the Republican Party and they were asking us all these questions remember remember when so-and- so won against so-and-so in that race and don't you and we're like Yeah, totally. And I remember having to step into rooms that I didn't feel like I belonged in and be around people that I had nothing to say to. I had nothing to say to their questions. And I remember just feeling so uncomfortable. And it was the fear of responsibility that could have locked us out of what God had for us. And that was our training ground. And I want you to know um, do you know who trained us in that season of testing? It was the Holy Spirit. And I feel from the Holy Spirit tonight that some of you are standing in doorways that you do not feel qualified to walk through. But this is your moment where God is bringing you into your God-given assignment. And I want to break it down. Responsibility. You know, there's a lot of definitions, but I'm like, I'm not like an English major, but responsibility sounds a lot like the ability to respond. And I saw my husband take a situation that we were facing in our nation, in our state, in our local politics at the time in 2020, and say, you know what? I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to figure it out. I don't know all the ins and outs, but I can learn. I can grow. I can expand. I can become. And so it's the ability to respond. And I believe that there's so many of us, we've been afraid to respond to the call of God because we feel like we lack the ability, but it was the Holy Spirit who trained us. And, you know, I feel like to take it one step further, I think there's some people in here tonight and you've almost been wrestling with the spirit of intimidation. And this is one of the main giants that I knew we had to take down to step into this arena of influence, this kingdom assignment. It was the spirit of intimidation. And you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against Gavin Newsom and Nancy Pelosi and all these crazy people with crazy agendas, but we wrestle against principalities and powers in the unseen world. As a believer, as a Christian, when we say yes to our God-given assignment, we're going to experience this testing because it is a spirit. Oftentimes it is a giant in the spiritual that we're called to take down. And so I feel some of you tonight are really um, fighting that spirit of intimidation in your mind, in your thoughts. Some of you are saying things like, I'm not good enough. I feel like I'm an imposter. I'm not smart enough. I'm not ready enough. I'm not able but I really believe that as you give God your yes, even tonight, there's some things on your table that your family is talking about that you know are going on maybe in the marketplace or just in your family dynamic or some things that are, on, that are in front of you. And I believe as God, as you give God your yes, you are gonna be unlocked from that spirit of intimidation. So before we go any further, I actually wanna pray for some people. So if you would be so bold and raise your hand and say, you know what, I'm wrestling against that spirit of fear and intimidation in my life. And I wanna take it down. I come on, I see that hand. Hands all over the place. Just raise your hand and we're going to pray together, church. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And God, right now, I thank you for the courage to take down every giant of intimidation. God, I thank you for a church that we can discern when it is um, the spirit, when it's that spirit of intimidation, not just a boss, not just a person, not just as something that rolls through our mind, but that it is a spiritual force that is trying to resist us from stepping into our assignment so we cancel it now we rebuke it now we break and bind that spirit of intimidation and fear over every one of these people and God tonight I declare that they are being loosed they are being released into the purposes and the plans of God with courage with confidence and with faith and everybody said amen all right gotta keep moving okay test number two is the fear of man So maybe if you're going through this test, you might be asking yourself questions like, what will people think of me? What will people say about me? And the kicker is, will people accept me and approve of me? And I just wanna lay this out there because I had to learn this, that when you are running in your lane, when you're fulfilling your assignment, running hard after the things of God, giving God your yes and you're speaking truth and you're doing it with boldness and you're doing it with courage, You are going to trigger some people, okay? We go to Awaken Church, we probably know this by now, but you are gonna trigger some people. And I feel like there's a little threshold that you have to cross where you kind of shake off that fear of man, where you shake off what people think of you. To be honest, the first campaign that we ever ran, we were given some terrible advice (laughs) to just sort of be in the middle, just sort of try to promote unity. You know, it was 2020, like our country could not be more divided on ideologies, on just fundamental differences, within our parties and the crazy things going on in the world and we were given the advice to just sort of be in the middle, just kind of try to appease both sides. And I'm like, first of all, looking back, now that I have a little bit more insight and the Holy Spirit's trained us a little bit further into this assignment, I'm like, what person on the left, wants to vote for someone who's kind of on the right and then what person on the right wants to vote for someone who's kind of on the left like this is not effective but this is what so many candidates have been doing in our local elections and our state elections and they think they're going to win the race by being in the middle and the Lord just reminded me tonight of that scripture what happens to the lukewarm God spits them out. And so I'd rather be one extreme or the other. I And I we learned so much from that time, but we were afraid of what people would think. We were afa- afraid of what people would say. We were afraid to do anything or say anything or make any kind of impact because we thought maybe we would offend this group or maybe we would have, um, offend that group. But really it was the most ineffective strategy that we've ever experienced. And we learned so much. And so we decided in this race, we are gonna be who we are. We are gonna stand for the Bible. We are going to stand for the truth. We are going to actually ask God for every opportunity to stand for righteousness, to open up our mouth, and to give glory to God because God didn't put us in this assignment to just sort of play the game, to just be another politician. He put us in this assignment to stand for the things of God and to represent causes that are in the heart of God in the earth. And so... I just want you to know there's a threshold and it's okay if you haven't felt ready to cross that threshold. But as you give God your yes tonight, I guarantee you, he's going to be so faithful and give you an opportunity to rip that band-aid off, to step across the threshold. And, you know, you're going to trigger a few people as you do that. But I also want, I've, I've shared this story before, but I want to share it again tonight. Um, do you guys remember my story of getting kicked off the cheerleading squad? Was anybody here for that night? So, um... I realized that I'd gone through an experience early in life that actually made me afraid to be great. It made me afraid um, to ever let like any of the gifts and the talents or the strengths that God had given me to let them shine because I was, I had a fear of man. And so, um, you know, when you, Operate in your God given assignment, there are going to be people in your circle that feel insecure, that feel like you're outgrowing them, that do not understand you, that um, it triggers an inadequacy in them, like your bigness kind of highlights their smallness, and they'll react and project on you. And I was 14 at the time when I tried out for a cheerleading squad at my high school, and I made the team. As a 14-year-old, I was just like over the moon. This was my dream. I was so excited. I was so happy. And then I showed up to cheer practice. And I realized these girls suck, okay? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) They were terrible. I'm like... How did you ever make the cheerleading squad? I was so confused, but I'd been a gymnast my whole life. I'd been a dance, competitive dancer my whole life. This was like my moment and I was so excited. And I realized at practice, a lot of the girls wouldn't talk to me. They would sort of like, you know, go off in the corner and say stuff about me. And I didn't, you know, after a few weeks, I didn't really have any friends. And I was starting to not really like cheerleading. And then one night the cheer coach called my mom and she said, I'm so sorry that we have to do this, but, um, your daughter can no longer be on our cheerleading squad. And we're like, what, like, what did you do, Natalie? Geez, you know? And they're like, well, we had a parent meeting. Actually, the parents had a meeting and they decided that your daughter was too good. And, um, it makes the other girls feel insecure and, um, and if your daughter's allowed on the team, they're going to pull their daughters off the team and we won't have a team except for your daughter. So the only option that I have is to just sort of give in to that and we're going to have to kick your daughter off. She can try again next year. I mean, as a 14-year-old, the deepest sense of rejection of, you know, here I am trying to make friends. I'm at a new school. I mean, all I know is, like, I'm not trying to show off or be—I just happen to have a gifting and a talent and a skill that I had developed, and— It was my first test of dealing with the the fear of man, which I wanna tell you is actually the fear of rejection. And it actually, I had to watch this cheerleading squad the entire season from the very top of the bleachers do a terrible job, but also like, what the heck? You know, I had to deal with forgiving these people. I had to deal with like, what is wrong with me that they don't want me? And maybe, you know, I I started to go through this whole process of trying to figure out what went wrong and what I did wrong. And I realized that that carried with me through adulthood. And I would be in social settings where I felt like I had the right answer or I knew what to say, or I kind of, you know, I, I wouldn't really let my personality shine or if anyone would ever give me a compliment, I would just, oh, well, it's because, you know, and I would come up with some random excuse rather than saying thank you because I wanted to like downplay myself to the level that I wouldn't make anyone feel uncomfortable or triggered. And this was actually a tactic that the enemy used to literally rob my peace, rob my joy, rob my confidence, and literally hold me out, block me from stepping into so many of the kingdom assignments that God had for me. And it was a huge battle that I had to fight. And uh, I wanna read this to you because someone prayed this over me uh, during the campaign. And it's Article 5 of the Constitution. Requires officials to take an oath to support the Constitution. According to this statute, officials must solemnly swear or affirm that they will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and they will bear true faith and allegiance to do the same. And that leaders for or enemies foreign and domestic, Dr. Lisa, that was you that prayed that over me. Uh, it really came to light like when we first started our journey in politics, even as back as far as when we first began to serve God or we first came to Awaken Church or we first stepped out to prosper and do business or any time, any juncture of our life where we said yes to our kingdom assignment. It wasn't so much the foreign enemies, like the people out there or, you know, these people that were watching from afar or even like within this campaign, it wasn't so much our opponents who like, their followers would spew death threats and against our family and just say the most horrible, slanderous, public, humili- publicly humiliating things. It wasn't those enemies that actually hurt us the most, but it was, I want to say the inner It was the domestic enemies. And I've heard Pastor Juergen say this before, that your greatest battle is never against your enemies, but it's against your inner And in this time, of testing that we've gone through with two years kind of like learning this political thing and fighting this battle and stepping out in faith. It's that our inner were the greatest enemies that were trying to take us out. And a few of those for us, which maybe you can relate to, it was old wounds of our heart that needed healing. Sometimes they don't get exposed until you step into the kingdom assignment that puts a demand on your life, that puts weight on you, where you begin to, you know, things start to come out of you that you didn't know were still in there. But it was old wounds of our heart that needed healing. Family, friends that were distancing from us because of what we believed in, what we were speaking out against, speaking out against us publicly. It was family members. It was close people. We could care less what, you know, the head of any party said about us, but it was the people closest to us. The battles with insecurity, inferiority, rejection, the greatest opportunities to practice forgiveness, which... I think we should recoin being offended with an opportunity to practice forgiveness. Pastor Katie reminded me of something beautiful Pastor Jurgen shared, that if we don't have opportunities pr- to practice forgiveness, it's actually not healthy for our heart. As Christians, we need to be able to practice forgiveness on a daily basis. And so if you're going through a test where you're needing to forgive, where you're needing to release forgiveness, or you're going through one of these rejection, inferiority, insecurity, flare-ups, this is good for our heart because we have to know how to do these things. This is a test that we have to pass to step into everything that God has for us. So you're gonna be tested in the closest places of your own home and your own heart if you wanna carry big weight and big influence and step into the God assignment for your life. So be encouraged. You're in good company tonight. The claps in the room mean we're all going through these tests together, but because we have each other, we're gonna pass. So there were questions that we had to ask ourselves in this time. Can I be wounded and keep fighting? Can I be misunderstood and continue to build what I'm called to build? Can I forgive others and trust again? Can I be fighting personal battles and still show up strong and confident? And this is like at church, this is in your families, for your families, for your spouse. Can you be dealing with inner battles and still show up strong for somebody else? What about leading a team or being a leader in your organization? These are all battles that high level, influential people that fulfill the call of God have to overcome. And I know you're gonna overcome it. So we're gonna go, as we're running out of time, into point number three, which is fear of success and prosperity. This is an interesting one because you don't normally hear that people struggle with the fear of succeeding or the fear of prospering. But some of the questions you might ask yourself if you're going through this are, what if it does work? What if I do make it? Will it crush me? What if it's only temporary? Or my favorite one, Is this really the life that I want? So speaking of PFA, when Marco went through our Pathfinder apprenticeship, which is a five-month mastermind to prepare you, to equip you, and to release you into your God-given assignment, um, we began, God began, the Holy Spirit began to identify some ceilings that we had in our life. And for us, it was limiting beliefs. And I know um, in a room this size, there's going to be some of these things that that are highlighted to you tonight that you're like this might be a limitation that I'm experiencing and you know I thought I'm good to go we're just like crushing it our life is awesome God has you know brought us through so much we were like in the best season of our life coming to Awaken Church and the Holy Spirit began to show me personally Marco was going through the program and as he would share it with me I was like oh I, good for you, but I think I, I think I need that. Like I think I'm actually going through that, and um, the Holy Spirit showed me that every time we had an opportunity to step into something bigger, into something greater, to level up, whether it was just in a small way or a large way, financially, pro- like in a. These crazy business opportunities that were coming our Um, way—it was everything that I wanted. It was everything that we were praying for and believing for. But when I found myself at the threshold, about to walk into it, there was some sort of self-sabotaging thing that would um, sort of rise up in me that was almost like blocking me out of the blessing of God. And it kept happening over and over and over. And so every time these opportunities would come up, we'd have some blowout, knockout fight, and I. I remember I was like manifesting, like like this is everything I wanted, but somehow I'm a disaster and finding all of these reasons why it's going to be harmful to us. And I realized that when it came to specifically financial prosperity and success, I had come into agreement at some point in my life that successful men were unfaithful to their wives and they neglected their families. And this is what the Holy Spirit revealed to me personally. And so every time that God was trying to elevate my husband, It was that fear that rose up inside of me that was trying to pull him back down because if I release him to be everything he's called to be, that means our marriage is gonna go by the wayside, our kids are gonna go by the wayside and this was subconscious, okay? This wasn't like I would go home and think about it, I would just not know why I was so restless and uncomfortable and why I would like attack him and get all crazy but it was really a limiting belief and a demonic spirit actually that I'd come into agreement with that was locking me, blocking me out of the promises of God and so I'll never forget it we were on an airplane and I repented and I said I think this is what's happening and you know there's that phrase you can never have what you despise and so if I thought all all wealthy, all successful people destroy their families. And then here I am praying that I would become one of those things. God's like, you're never going to have what you actually despise. So I'm going to keep you where you want to be, which is believing the lie of the enemy until you're ready to let go of that thing and rebuke that lie and come out of agreement with it. And so we were on an airplane and I said, you know what? I think this is what's happening to me. And it was funny. We were on the super turbulent flight and I'm That is not my favorite place to be. And so I was like, this is a metaphor for my life. And we're going to go down. And we were having this super turbulent. I remember I was kind of like crying, which I sometimes do on an airplane. And we grabbed hands and we broke contract with that limiting belief that was holding us back and that had kept us in bondage. And I asked the Lord to forgive me. I asked my husband to forgive me. And I remember, like, the ceiling that I didn't know was there. It was a blind spot. I had no idea until the Holy Spirit showed me this test that you've been been going through. You've been going around the same mountain. Every opportunity, you end up in the same place. It was something that needed to be broken in my life. And I want to read you... a quote tonight, and I feel like I want to pray at the end of this service for some of you that resonate with, maybe it's not the exact same thing, but something in the area of a poverty mindset that I really believe as a campus, just as as followers of Jesus, we are called to make a huge impact. We are called to prosper. Some of you in this room are, call, are called to handle the amounts of money that you have not even begun to dream of because God is choosing us to be the greatest influencers, the greatest voices in the earth today. It's the church, it's the Christians, it's us in the house tonight, but we'll never do it unless we get unlocked. We'll never do it unless we get free. We'll never do it unless we pass these tests. And so I wanna read you this quote. You may have heard it. My beautiful friend Kedon gave it to me a couple years ago and I've never forgotten it. It's Marianne Williamson. and It says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God and your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our very presence automatically liberates others. Who am I to play small? Who am I to limit the call of God on my life? Your playing small, I love this part, your playing small does not serve the world. And so I feel like that's the word tonight. There's some of us in here and you've been playing a little bit too small. I've been guilty of it so many times. You've been playing small, you've been making excuses, you've been rationalizing to God, in your own mind why it's not gonna work out, why you can't, why you won't, why you'll never, and I just feel the Holy Spirit is here tonight to liberate you, to set you free, to literally pluck out that wrong mindset that who knows how it got there, it doesn't really matter. I feel like some of it's from parents, sometimes it's our upbringing, something that we've watched or experienced a past trauma we've been through it before why would it be any different this time but I feel tonight there is the presence of God in the room to liberate us and release us into our God-given assignment so I want to invite you to stand up tonight and if you feel like this word was for you and you want to take a big step forward and say yes to the assignment despite all the tests that you've been going through I want to invite you to come to the altar you're going to be in good company I just know it if I wasn't up here, I'd be right down there, right there with you. Just want you to turn your palms towards heaven as we pray. Holy Spirit, God, I thank you for all these beautiful people. If we can squeeze in right here to the middle, we'll make a little bit more room. It doesn't matter, you can be in the aisle. As long as you're not in your seat, if you stay in your seat, you stay where you are. But God, I thank you for each and every one of these magnificent people in the room tonight. God, I just thank you. This is a holy moment in your house. God, we have come to the house of transformation. God, to the very presence of God. And Lord, I just thank you tonight that destinies are being shifted. God, that people are being released to step into everything that God has for them. I see where the enemy has robbed you, where he has stolen from you, where he has locked you up for far too many years. I thank you that you are being loosed tonight in the name of Jesus, where every limiting mindset, where every ceiling that the enemy has placed on you, I see us breaking through it tonight in the name of Jesus. It is the anointing that breaks the yoke of the enemy. And there's so many of us that we've been Burdened by these yokes that the enemy has put on our necks. And we've been going through life not even knowing that they're there, but the anointing in this room tonight in the house of God in the place of miracles. The anointing is breaking the yoke of the enemy on your neck. I even see him breaking generational yokes where you've been just going about your life in the way that you always knew how and it was a generational just enemy that's been after you for all these years and it was after your mom and it was after your dad and it was after your grandparents and I see the Holy Spirit tonight breaking you free from every generational curse, every generational ceiling that has locked you up. There are people in the room tonight, you are called to buy houses in San Diego, California, and you're going to be the first person in your family to own a home. I see many of you, you've, you've worked for somebody else your whole life, maybe even doing, you know, what your father did or your grandfather did, and there are men and women in this room that are called to own businesses and to be entrepreneurs and to build companies that are going to build legacy for the next generation, that are going to disrupt industries because of your yes to God on this altar tonight in Jesus' name. God, I thank you. I see you literally yanking people out of where they've been, yanking them out of living small and playing small, and tonight I thank you for a mantle of courage that's coming upon your church, where we may be walked in fighting that spirit of intimidation. We're walking out with the armor of God, men and women of God who are filled with courage like David. David's, that when they see the Goliath, they run after him and cut off his head. God, I thank you tonight for the courage that rests on your people to say yes to the assignment, to say yes to the call, despite the consequence, despite the fear. Many of you are going to have to do it afraid. You're going to have to retrain your mind. You're going to have to retrain your thought process because you've been used to to staying afraid and staying small, but you're going to have to do it afraid. You're going to have to take steps of courage, and God, I just pray in your providence in your grace you would give us opportunities even this week to take a step forward even this week to say yes to something hard to say yes to something that's going to position us to fulfill everything that you have for us so God I thank you tonight I seal this word over each and every one of us Holy Spirit God and I thank you for the blessing that rests upon your church tonight God we love you and in Jesus name everybody said amen
0: wow